Rock and roll. Kia ora, everybody. What's up? It is Rebet. Welcome to a Tuesday. Uh, lockdown potentially is, is slowly making its way to a little bit of freedom for most Kiwis, and we're very lucky to have uh, one of the bros, uh, Mitchell Fan, world-class New Zealander, absolute machine, my NZ Tech Mafia um, chair homie in crime, Mitchell Fan. How are you, mate? <laughs> Marina, I'm good. Thank you. Where are you? What's going on? Tell me a story. Mate, your hair's looking good. You you just said that you hadn't had a haircut. Mate, you've put some gel in that shit. It's looking great, buddy. Where are you? What's going on? Uh, I had to. I had to. You know. <laughs> Otherwise, I was going to have an afro uh, on uh, on the program. Um, so, uh, where am I? I? I am at my home uh, in Auckland. Uh, I have been here since um, the level four lockdown. Um, and I'm looking forward to... Uh, when we go back down to level two again, just working from home like everyone else. Um, man, there's there's a lot to get through. Tech empowerment, culture, community, a whole whole bunch. Maybe I'll start here. What if what if you what if you learned about yourself in the last month? Been it been not probably traveling as much, not many as person meetings, not been on a million different boards that you're on. How have you navigated and managed your time over this last month? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is um, actually having a lot more time um, around my family, um, even though I'm still working um, and um, th there's, there's always uh, a lot of things going on, especially um, since pretty much every organization I'm connected to um, has been uh, dealing with the, the COVID crisis uh, in, in different ways. Um, so it's been a very challenging time, very busy time. Uh, for everyone. So so my workload hasn't decreased at all. Um, but certainly I save a lot of time from not having to commute. Um, and it, it's much nicer uh, having my family around uh, all of the time. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise or silver lining, if you will. Yeah, it's it's been interesting because almost at this point after four four weeks, People are into routines. They've got into the new world. They go for the tea. They got the breakfast. They go for a little walk. They take the dog. They got the thing. Like it's it's these the what were they saying? Is it the twenty one days of after they get they they get into that realm? It's this the new normal of your new routine. Have you have you shifted um, any of your routines at all? What have you how have you changed your your personal priorities with your time of of keeping? I guess mental sanity personal sanity keeping your, your your body in the mix like what what have you what have you tweaked yourself over the last month um i think the most significant thing for me personally is is time uh for myself first thing in the morning um not having to uh get organized to go to the office or, or to go to meeting uh, and i use that time um to um do my exercise and just have some self time uh, before the day uh, catches on uh, with me. Um, I, I think that's been really, really good, uh, especially for my for my mental health, I think, um, because being stuck at home every day uh, and not being able to see uh, all of the amazing people that I always enjoy working with, uh, not being able to see them in person, not being able to uh, go to my other office in, in Vietnam, um, so yeah, so this this uh, sense of claustrophobia uh, all of the time, um, and so just getting out on the road and, and going for a walk um, clears my head and kind of get me ready for the day. I think that's probably the most significant thing personally for me. 
Now it's cool that you get the new balance off. You get get in your headspace into some some better spots to things about think about things a little bit differently. New Zealand's had a, I think the first time in human history we've had a stop like this to a global economy for something like this, right? At this sort of scale, from a tech perspective, when you when you look at this, what was your original original um, thoughts or fears before going into the world going into lockdown? Well, like, what were your, some initial thoughts of where you thought? Um, there might be some bottlenecks or big issues from maybe a, maybe a tech side or even just from a business or commercial side. Where'd your headspace go to there? Um, I think um, having survived the the last uh, global recession, um, I think that was where my mind went to by default initially. Um, but the home situation is so different this time around. Um, the, the nature of the problem is different, but also the magnitude and the and the speed at which things uh, topple um, have just been completely different. Um, uh, so so yeah, it, it was a, a scary moment there, uh, thinking about well, what might this look like. Um, my initial thought was, well, maybe you know, uh, being a tech business and being in the tech industry, we can we'll probably be okay working from home. Everybody we you know, fine, adapting to that quickly and everything else. Um, and, and that was my initial thought thinking, well, maybe, you know, we can just quickly adapt ourselves that way. Um, uh, but of course, very, very quickly, um, I found that that the tech industry is not immune, uh, just like uh, all other industries uh, to this whole crisis. Um, and because tech is so pervasive, uh, all of the tech businesses are there to serve uh, other industries. And so as the uh, the lockdown and the economic impact hits uh, across the economy, uh, that's felt very, very quickly, uh, very much immediately uh, by the tech uh, industry as well. Um, you know, so the tech businesses that I'm involved with uh, are very much affected by uh, the whole crisis, uh, like every other business that we see out there, um, which uh, again, you know, uh, kind of hit me uh, a little bit hard um, because I thought it was going to be uh, a little bit easier for for tech businesses, um, but as as it turns out, we we just like everyone else. Yeah, the um, it's interesting because a lot of you know hairdressers, physical service go to zero stuff. A lot of people have thought, oh, tech, just because you're in tech, you'll be sweet. And then simultaneously, I said, well. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at a lot of these different types of tech businesses, there a big majority of them that either you know, go to grow, go into the SaaS model. You know, subscription as a service, and and a lot of overnight, most of them are done on a, you know, on a month by month basis. So there's been any type of, um, you know, little widgets and lots of. I mean, there are hundreds and thousands of these these things that people are using all through their businesses. They all stopped as well because basically, if you're not in business for that too, that pushes stop. So cool, you might have you know twenty million dollars of funding, you could have a couple hundred staff, you could have this, this, this. But literally, when every single one of your clients, potentially if it's in the retail space or in the hospitality space or in the you know w w tourism space, you know, have all gone to zero. So definitely, even though you, put, I think certain parts of tech have are doing really well, certain parts. Um, are probably just as bad off as hairdressers, which is kind of a funky dynamic to think about. Uh, yes, you're right. Um, and the, the impact hits different tech companies differently, uh, depending on the the market that, or the industry that they serve, uh, but also how each industry, each sector uh, gets impacted by COVID as well. And, and that's really, really difficult to predict. Um, 
so so there's there's a range of impacts from um, the negative impact as well as the positive impact being opportunities to accelerate or to pivot or to do to do something completely new um, and I think uh, over the first maybe two to three weeks of lockdown um, uh, most of the companies I'm, I'm aware of uh, really had to focus on just dealing with the crisis making sure that they physically adapt and then also try to manage the whole economic uh, effect as quickly as they could um, I think in the past week we're now starting to see companies looking at uh, the current crisis now that they've uh, grappled with the reality of what the crisis looks like for their business today and how they're going to kind of get by today. Um, so, you know, uh, entrepreneurs are now starting to look uh, at the opportunity that this now presents uh, to their business. Um, and I see this a lot now um, in, in the past week or so conversations. Uh, have started to shift to um, the opportunity landscape, uh, trying to understand what the new world brings in terms of you know problems that can be solved by uh, by tech or, or tech businesses. Um, so there's a lot of activities in scanning for opportunities in accelerating um, whatever the companies were doing before. Uh, but now it becomes uh, a more immediate opportunity, so they, they need to accelerate um, or pivoting because there's now a new opportunity area that's better than before. Um, yeah, so so uh, it's really good to start seeing that happening. Hmm. What do you think the, you know, you, you've got your fingers in lots of different tech pies in the New Zealand landscape that reaches out to the world. For some of the either founders or or startups or, or even bigger businesses that you've seen in the last maybe four six weeks, what's maybe one of the biggest pivots you've seen a company make and do on the fly out of survival or something like what's what's something that you've either helped with or seen it that makes sense that you wouldn't have thought more than four weeks ago? Hmm, that's still unfolding, so it's probably still early day to to describe a lot of that um, because that thinking process of pivoting is still uh, is just now kicking in for a lot of, of businesses. Um, I think the most I've seen just in the last few weeks has been uh, companies pivoting towards uh, the short to medium, short to medium term solutions to assist with the COVID-19 mm -hmm. crisis. Um, and most of these um, uh, you know the, the problems that these companies are pivoting to 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 solve uh, tend to be around uh, the, the the wide range of challenges uh, across the public healthcare system. Um, mm -hmm. So so there's lots of acceleration and pivoting towards the COVID nineteen crisis. Uh, what we're starting to see now is that space is now quite busy. Uh, almost mm -hmm. even saturated. There's just so many uh, pivoting towards mm -hmm. it um, that it then becomes very quickly becomes a red ocean. Um, so now companies who haven't really jumped into that are now starting to look at the new landscape and look for the blue ocean where no one is doing anything, uh, but then new opportunities, new problems emerging that need, need to be solved. Um, and all of this happens so quickly. No, normally, you kind of uh, look at, at this kind of uh, process, which takes months or years even, um, but now it's happening within a matter of weeks. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's both exciting and, and a little bit unknowing as well. Yeah, what do you think like a lot of a majority a big majority of businesses didn't have probably the, the cloud or the IT you know tech digital um, uh, foundations really set strong before this happened and had kind of rushed into this new world of googling what Google Teams or Microsoft Teams or Google Hangouts or what Slack does or any of this stuff. So there's been a lot of, I guess, you know, um, kind of forced forced fear into the unknown for many that don't understand tech. From those that you've seen around, how do, how do you feel, you know, strategically most of these businesses have done well and then maybe where they could potentially have thought about things a little bit differently if they were to go through it again from, from what you've seen? Um, I, I have a, a divided uh, opinion on on this actually, because I'm seeing both both things happening. Uh, thing one is is companies really uh, grabbing the the, the bull by the horns in terms of uh, digital transformation uh, because they were on that path or they hadn't really got very far because of other priorities. Now they they're totally prioritizing just going digital, you know, in, in a big way. And even if they hadn't thought about it. Uh, out of necessity now, uh, many companies are just really jumping uh, into this space and just transforming themselves digitally. Not mm. ju not just the tools, but also uh, the way the business operates and how it engages with, with uh, its customers uh, and its staff uh, and so on. You know, so there's a lot of what I would call really positive activities going on um, to accelerate digital uh, transformation for for business. Um, I also see uh, businesses being impacted by uh, the the, uh, the economic um, recession, if you will, um, and seeing uh, tech uh, or the, the technology capability of their business uh, as a cost, uh, and, and so in the you know, in the attempt to try and, and minimize cost to ensure that the business can survive the, the rough time. Uh, some companies actually just cutting out digital capabilities, um, mm. and and to me that that is, well, you know, it is tough. It's always tough to to have to cut costs, and 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 I've been involved with that, so I totally understand. Um, but that is one of the most strategic capabilities that you really don't want to cut out. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and unless you you really 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 have to. But it's the thing. It's I mean, Mitchell. It's it's really with. I mean, the really it's offense and defense, right? A bunch of people are embracing it, throwing the flipping hammer down. Let's do this shit. Let's go cloud. Let's do this. Go, 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 and going for it. And there's a whole bunch that are just on defense mode of like, uh, stuff this, you know. And and so I think there's just that tension of which kind of comes down just to the mindset of leadership, right? Like surely, mm. I mean, these type of decisions is is how you react to an environment which is happening to you or around you or in in that mix. So you just kind of start to wonder about, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is through all this that offense or defense or how you react to it it's kind of exposing and making really transparent all the different types of leadership that exist and the challenges of you know being you know leading with love and being more human and showing kindness and and just really i think it's highlighting great leaders and it's creating a lot of awesome kind of like tribal impactful glue to a lot of these organizations and then a bunch of them as well like i've i've talked to you know um people in the hr field and recruitment and yada 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 and they're saying there's going to be just this massive wave of exodus for all these people who 
no longer believe in the leadership or the company or they, they had no care and feeling and and you know so do you think this is almost gonna be a new day for for leadership globally and they will be remembered for how they really acted during these times like what, how do you think leaders are going to be perceived in the future around this this moment and what's kind of been going through from a leadership standpoint running these businesses and making these hard calls um i think this year 2020 is is actually a, a landmark year for for leadership uh or the transformation of leadership uh, i've always believed in in leading with empathy um and compassion and so there's nothing new there and uh, except that you know um through this crisis um you know i'm, I'm super delighted to see that you know that style of leadership um is is advancing and, and spreading and and seems to be you know the the new uh the new normal for for leadership which is really really great to see um and, and i think the key thing for this new age of leadership is i just like to go back to what the business needs um and 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 then and then it's about you know how do we lead our people um forward in, in that direction um defense and offense uh the the the, the offensive uh, stance that many organizations take to really just grab the boom by the horns and and just accelerate their digital transformation that that's obvious uh i think uh with the defensive stance uh the the biggest risk is to try and call back everything you can and really cut out your digital capability in order to survive and then find that you have survived the crisis and you emerge on the other side and the whole world is digital and you're not um and so potentially that's going to be your next crisis right yeah uh and how long can <laughs> it's not about how much cash you can conserve and how long you can last it's about what shape you are in on the other side when the world comes back out of this recession uh and it's all digital uh and 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 that and that's that takes audacity that takes courage and that takes a bit of uh, a, a bit of um uh, extra uh risk-taking you know behavior uh for some of us uh, business leaders and, and that's scary um but imagine it's even more scary for those who follow us um you know so uh it's it's, it's very key now that we actually show the people we lead uh, that we totally believe in the direction we're going in it's unknown but but this is and we have the audacity to act and with the willingness to take risk to, to do it and let's just get on get get together behind this this initiative in this direction and go forward uh and then spend the time on um you know working with your people uh to help them uh, adapt to the new reality of their work to help them mentally um and there's an element of mental health in here as well because not everyone copes well under uncertainty um and also you know on top of that under uncertainty while uh, your salaries have been reduced or your partners have lost their jobs or something like that as well um so so this time is is, is quite an extreme combination uh, of all of those certainties combined uh, for both the individuals themselves as well as the business organizations that they're part of um so so i think um it, it is really important uh to spend more time with your people um this time around hmm. 
yeah, it's showing it through in so many ways because, you know, you can have PR teams and this and that, but the reality is when you've got, you know, constant face-to-face video chats all day and, like, how are you motivating staff remotely? How are you being a virtual leader to scale out, you know, empathy? How are you, you know, all those things. I mean, it's been interesting to see how different leaders have tried to, you know, scale empathy and love and kindness through webcams and, (laughs) like, remote uh, staffing logistics. What advice would you give... uh, business owner or a leader or organization that's been on defense knows they need to go on offense but it's been too scared to because maybe they don't understand the world of tech or or you know they're, they're fearful of that new world what would you what would you say to a to a fearful defensive leader that that deep down wants to go on the offense but is overcome by this crazy world of tech they don't understand I think um, businesses who who are um, uh, struggling to switch mode from from defense to offense actually have the luxury of being surrounded by uh, an ecosystem that supports the whole direction of digital transformation. Uh, you know, from government to industry to to other parts uh, of the economy that surround the business, uh, as well as the, the the customer demands for that uh, from from the outside. Uh, on one hand. And, and I think that actually is a luxury having those external support as well as pressure to kind of to, to, to switch to, to digital transformation offense mode. But even more important than that, there are so many other businesses uh, around you uh, who have similar challenges. You know, some are in that offense, um, the, the offense mode and some are in the defense mode, all of whom are also very valuable. Um, so, so I find that, you know, at times like this, peer businesses, even competitors, um, have a lot of value um, to to really connect with, to engage with, to work out things that we can all do to, uh, we can do together, we can do to support uh, each other. Um, so I think now more than ever, uh, businesses uh, or business leaders should not run their businesses as uh, a silo. Uh, because there's a whole lot of interconnectivity out there um, that's actually very, very powerful uh, to to leverage um, to actually help move move everyone forward. Yeah, it's it's interesting now because it's just every single business owner is making tough decisions. Every single business owner is looking to the future. Every single business owner is trying to figure out, you know, at these different levels, what does that mean for me and my business? What can and can't I do? What is the implications on my different staff? You know, strategically now we're going to obviously go from four to three, three to a two for, for however long, you know, timing is, 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 is unknown. Strategically, where do you think business owners and leaders should think about how they approach four three two do you think they need a plan for each one do you think it already needs to be documented communicated with team already do you think they need to be looking at like how how would you strategically approach the leveling of how it relates to business because i think that's a it's almost like these set guidelines as soon as this thing happens boom all these rules change go as soon as this happens all these rules change go it's very clearly defined so almost there needs to be it feels like you need different game plans of okay this is my exact whole business model for this and my exact whole like you know how do you what advice would you give to strategically be approaching and prioritizing um these different levels when it comes to you know you your business or others that might be in business in the same lane um so in my experience uh in times like these um the the planning 
need to be driven a lot by um, external uh, signals. Um, so the, the government is doing a bunch of things to plan and establish parameters and constraints and, and protocols, policies, processes, all of those things around how businesses can operate. That's, that's kind of one set of information that, that you need to take into your planning. But also industry groups are coming together, are doing things and, and looking at how the industry is, each of these industries is being transformed. Um, and by participating and taking part in, in these conversations uh, that bring industry together, uh, it's, it's also going to give you another set of information, another set of insight in terms of where our industry is going and how are we as an industry going to cope with this thing? And then therefore, that's you know, how, how do I align my business? Um, and then, of course, th there's no there's no planning on how you work with customers without involving customers. Right. So it's really, really important. The third kind of set of, of data or information that you need is, is actually going to come from your customers. You know, how is their world changing? Uh, how are they dealing with the new uh, new kind of realities that they and their customers are having to face. Um, and that then also gives you the insights you need to then bring back into the business. Uh, and, and, and then you can kind of look at the fourth dimension, which is internal to our business, or how we're going to change, how we're going to shift, uh, what can we do right now in the short to medium term to maintain the, the flow of business as best we can. And in the meantime, what in parallel do we do uh, to renovate or to completely, you know, uh, change the model or, or to do something new and, and different altogether. Uh, so I think all of those four sets of uh, influences and, and data and, and uh, signals are really, really important uh, for leaders mm -hmm. to work with. Uh, you can't really just work from inside out uh, at times like these. Yeah, it's the, it's the lateral thinking thing from every like every different part of everyone's business got affected every single piece, you know, logistics, supply chain, tech, marketing, sales, staffing, HR, absolutely every piece. And so you just, I've been thinking about the mental baggage of how leaders are having to sort of navigate through that. And so kind of leading into kind of almost this next little piece, when you think about it is, you know, you're talking about these four different pieces they need to be thinking about what does that new future look like? You know, how do you sort of, you know, reframe those future opportunities. Now, when you see New Zealand, and you look at the opportunity of potentially um, we're doing very well com in comparative to in comparison to a whole lot of other countries. Um, we've got a pretty clear, a bit of a game plan of what it can look like and what what success can be. Now, when you look at the East Coast system, not from a New Zealand perspective, but to the world, where do you think if you were to reframe the future of New Zealand technology? You know, obviously we talked about for a while. You know, I think tech was the second biggest export and it's on its way to be the number one within I think it was 18 months ago and obviously probably after this without tourism or trade and exports I'm imagining tech will probably be number one by Christmas if not now because there's no other money circulating anywhere but in this new world how would you how would you envision and reframe what the future of NZ tech could be going to the world I think one thing is absolutely clear right and that is the world will now be only more and more digital or digitally enabled uh, and digitally connected uh, going forward. Um, so, so this is just 
part of a very key part of the new reality for all industries really um and and so uh from a non-tech industry perspective you're know, looking at, at all of the other industries out there um the, 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 there's a real opportunity uh through this crisis to kind of reset a whole bunch of things but more importantly to embrace um technology innovation um to also uh look more closely at at intellectual property and and intangible assets that you can draw out and grow and develop uh as part of a business or as part of an industry that is much much more scalable uh than the traditionally produced uh commodities um and and much more easily exportable to the rest of the world uh, i think all industries have that same opportunity um with with this current crisis you know going forward looking forward and adapting themselves forward um for the for the tech industry itself um th there's a, a whole range of a very diverse range of of opportunities in front of us um both with new technologies emerging all the time and are now kind of driven by the latest crisis to to provide a whole bunch of capabilities that that we didn't have before with technology so there's a whole bunch of emerging technology accelerating forward um but also you know every other industry who whom we serve um are now needing us more than ever uh our role as a enabler uh, and also uh, as a facilitator of new innovation for these other industries uh has become much more critical um i think even not just looking at an industry level but even looking at an individual business level um you know you should be able to see how much more important uh you are now as a, a tech capability tech solution and, and an enabler uh, for your customers um and there's also an, an opportunity to look at new industries where you've never had customers as, as well um because of some of the technology innovation that you have could be very applicable uh to 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 other industries and uh, you know I've, I've seen um some businesses attacking uh, their innovation for healthcare, you know, uh, and and uh, looking at opportunities to to apply that in in retail uh, in very very different industries. Um, so uh, I think really it's, it's about the awareness uh, that we are now a very very critical piece um, for the future of business and the future of New Zealand, um, and that if we really uh, develop a whole lot of uh, innovation and build IP and, and intangible assets on top of businesses, on top of industries, um, then uh, ultimately, uh, I, I don't think the tech sector really is about being the number one export. Um, uh, we should really be about New Zealand being the number one export uh, across the board. What do you mean by that? Um, so we have the opportunity to uh, innovate and and bring out new solutions across a whole range of, of industry sectors. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, the opportunity for the tech sector isn't about growing ourselves and exporting more of ourselves, but about working with businesses in other industry to look at how tech can enable them to accelerate growth and export. That's what I mean, because we are such a key enabler now across the entire economy and society um, 
that we need to think differently about ourselves mm -hmm. and about our role uh, in, in the New Zealand landscape, as well as if we, I'll, I'll take one example, a very, very simple example. Um, we produce a lot of food to feed the world, and that's really important. And, and we're certainly making an impact, uh, making a difference um, to, to the world. Uh, but if we produce a whole lot of agri-tech and export that, and that technology know-how uh, empower uh, and, and enable the world to feed itself, well, then we are now talking about exponential impact uh from uh, out of new zealand you know much much more than just the commodities that we export right yeah well then it becomes about the you know the weight value of something which can scale globally through it so it's it's almost you know using tech to amplify the actual opportunity commercially for a nation right it, it changes the yes. it changes the thinking and even just when you go back to the the idea about IP and so it's something I've been thinking about a little bit and uh, especially over the last week we, we caught up with um, Ian Taylor last so like last week and he was saying you know his team not letting anyone go everyone's in the mix to at least Christmas doing damage and he said look now's the time where I want you to build all the crazy shit that we haven't had chance to do before that we've been too busy doing the PGA and mm. the yada 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 and I and he, but he had this kind of you could tell that he was thinking well all of this greatness that we get created through this forced time to create is actually going to be worth 10x, 100x, as long as we can obviously find the, the need of it for the other side. And obviously when people are involved in an industry and they're very passionate about something and then they have been wanting to do this thing for all the time, the the, the amount of pure energy they'll put into something to make it good um, and, and to solve a problem that they know is in the market, whatever, there's going to be huge upside for those businesses as well. They don't just think about, you know, how do we potentially reset for a new world of commerce? Actually, how do we look at what ideas we could create for the problems that we know that we have that others actually might have as well and actually use it as a time potentially to go from a service-based business to potentially a product-based business. And even just that mind shift alone is such a strong and, and hugely powerful thing if, if, if you can get into the right ecosystem with the right uh, thinking to the right vertical with the right product for the right um, you know problem that people have in the market. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting here just hearing you saying those words again because you know most people are thinking about their business and how they survive instead of actually do we have the capability to, to help more than just ourselves? And I think that that's also takes a bit of self-awareness and, and EQ and a bit more chess thinking from some leaders, right? Uh, yeah, totally. You know, I, I spend far more time thinking about how tech can grow um, other business and industries rather than uh, itself, uh, because that's where the opportunity for tech to make the real impact, right? Uh, if you look at every industry sector across New Zealand, every single business has great ideas. You know, has problems and challenges and great ideas on how to solve problems. Um, so if, if we couple that together with technology uh, and innovation experts, um, imagine what we can create um, and also how much more lightweight and exportable, um, you know, the, the outcomes can be on top of uh, being able to do what we've already been doing for a long time and very, very good at, you know, so I personally do not advocate that New Zealand does less of anything. Why? Because with tech, we can do more of everything. Mm. And we can do it smarter, and lighter and more exportable and more scalable. Um, and, and so it's about just applying tech more smartly and, and harness the IP that already exists across all industries um, to, to really then, uh, you know, 
apply that that multiplier to yep. New Zealand's um, export you know, and, and capabilities. Yeah, it's so right. So how do you think this this how do you think Corona plays out for New Zealand and what what this means for business? Like, how do you think that how do you think this plays out over the next six months, commercially? Uh, I have to answer to that. Um, that my first answer is is that you know it's it's really really good as a a stimulus for new conversations uh, conversations we haven't had before we haven't heard before and maybe some of us haven't had time to to to, to think about and engage in before so that, I, I think from a positive perspective um it's a really good uh time for for new conversations and, and it's really great to see lots of new conversation happening um and long may that continue and, and these conversations lead to new ideas and innovations mm-hmm. and adaptations and everything else mm-hmm. so they are a very very good part of that process that we're now engaging with uh, the other one is a more personal view, I think. Um, you know, I, I love reading uh, about predictions of the future. Um, and it's very easy for me to want to, to join uh, those conversations. Uh, but, but personally, I actually prefer to spend uh, more time and pay more attention to people in conversations uh, that are actually actively working to, to shape uh, the new future. Um, you know, so there's a lot of uh, people and organizations out there who are looking at you know very very real opportunities or real changes that they are working on um, where they look at you know certain challenges in society or in business or in industry and they're looking at new solutions and they actually you know maybe they've lost their jobs so now they're gonna start a new business to try and address that or, or or not but still you know taking on you know doing new things to actually shape the new future. I, I think those are the people who are really going to make whatever the new future comes through, uh, while other people will actually just look at data and try and just to predict what the future might be. Mm. Uh, and, and I think we, we can we can we can tune into those conversations, but we also have the opportunity. Every single one of us uh, has the opportunity to actually join the people who are actually uh, who, who are actively shaping uh, the future for us, for ourselves. What gets you most? excited about the future of New Zealand? The most exciting uh, thing about the future of New Zealand uh, is that it's not uh, made yet. Um, mm. So that's a real opportunity for me to, you know, and, and many others. To, yes, it's, it's a, it's, we've just been given a brand new blank canvas and that is the most exciting, um, you know, and, and um, it, it's, we cannot predict it, but we, totally can shape it we, we can paint the picture that we want if you were to shape it right now with the little the, the the fancy little magic wand what would you shape for new zealand i think personally um i feel that every single new zealander every single kiwi uh has huge potential to um to make a difference to to new zealand as well as the world um so i think the most important thing for me is to make sure that this opportunity which has created a blank canvas um for all of us that we can all participate you know in uh in in shaping this new future and none of us uh is going to miss out because of our demographics or 
you know, financial situations or our upbringing or our background, you know, so, so being able to have all 5 million of us, uh, having, uh, the opportunity and the ability to actively engage ourselves and shape our own future and the, and the future of New Zealand. Um, that's really, really important. Um, I know there's, there, there's so many great Kiwis that I look up to, but we still make up just a very small part of the New Zealand population. Imagine if, you know, there are 5 million world-class New Zealanders, uh, coming out and, and engaging, uh, across the country and with the rest of the world. Yeah that type of stuff gets gets you excited because i think yeah the, the blank canvas is interesting it's it's cool too when you think about for as you know un, unfortunate of a reason to get in here the the reality of the entire world and business going into it like an online digital first based not only economy but entire like bricks and the the bricks and foundations of everything that which we've created now are, are in this space it's it's absolutely mega uh beach oh beatrice Falmolina, much respect oh Beatrice is in the show. Round of applause <laughs> for Beatrice. She's such a good chick. Um, bro, love your work, man. Always, um, always, always love hanging out. And, and just, I was just thinking, I was like, when was the last time I actually saw you? And I think it was literally at the Asia Society thing in San Fran. It wasn't even that 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 long ago as well, which was um, pretty. Know, it was amazing, amazing, absolutely amazing. That was December, December, right, in San Francisco. Yeah. Wasn't too far yeah. away. Um, love your work, brother. Um, thanks so much for your time. I know you're Thank tapped you. and you got a, um, a million things bubbling away, but it's always good. You've always got a very good, like just a grounding perspective on on things, which is um, very re refreshing at a, at times like this. You, you're you're a good human, Mitchell. Good shit, my friend. Thank you. You too, and appreciate the chance to have this chat. Hey, let's stay connected. My my man. I see you soon, brother. Later, Mitch. See you. I see you, bro such a g just soulful depth and intellect flipping weapon uh, for those who don't know mitchell uh, fam he's do a bit of digging on the dude he's done some shit and it is awesome uh amazing human good times good kick off actually good intellectual um way to start thinking about just i don't know leadership a bit differently businesses of how they approach it offense first defense that's become a very recurring theme across a bunch of it um and so um good as gold we will see you at the next one team hope the weekend was well everyone's slowly starting to get excited to to come out of four into the three get into that kfc drive-through game on team see you soon